Hi, welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. And this is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 41, where we will be continuing the conversation on military and mental health with Chef Jay. So have you been in therapy before? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited for today because... Chef Jay is here, and one of my favorite people ever. So excited to have you. (laughs) And we kind of like, we got to be friends a year ago, and then the pandemic hit, and shit hit the fan. Yep. And he kept me alive through his cooking, which is amazing. So we're here at (laughs) Chef's Table. One of the things that sparked my interest with you, Chef Jay, was when we were talking about therapy, and you said, you know, you always see my good side, <laughs> and sometimes I have an angry side. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. You should come on the podcast and let's talk about this. We should so, talk about I don't know if you've been in therapy before, but maybe we could talk a little bit about that and get to know you and your story. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I, very quickly, I struggle. I struggle with uh, anger. Mm-hmm. I do. It stems, I don't know what it stems from, but a lot of it is from the military. Yeah. I, when I was in the military, I, um, I was very close with my grandma. I missed a Red Cross message from, uh, she, was, she was dying. Mm. I missed that message. Oh. And uh, when I got back to Pittsburgh, she was already buried. I missed the entire funeral. Oh, wow. So, and then they, I went right back to the military uh, three days later. Mm. So they... So no time to process. No time to process anything. Back to war. So a lot of my anger stemmed from that moment. In my life, I was angry a little bit, but I feel like that moment is where I took it to another level. Well, it makes a lot of sense if you're not able to process something that's so huge. I was really close to my grandma. My love for cooking comes from my grandmother. Are you from Pittsburgh? I'm from Pittsburgh. Okay, so she's from Pittsburgh. And did she help raise you? She did. And. She did. It was really close, really, really close, and uh, it just broke my heart it, that I couldn't say goodbye. So that moment put was, me back in. Was she sick when you left? She was. Okay. She was. She was. She was. Um, she was diagnosed with stage three cancer when I went in the military. Okay. But she was fighting and she was doing pretty good. But then we, I knew that she was, she was getting worse. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I was in the military. I was in Stuttgart, Germany. I, I was over in Iraq when I got the message, and uh, I saw she wrote. So that kind of broke my heart, and that's what started a lot of my my problems, which are which I do have anger problems. Uh, I, I feel like I'm I'm the type of person I have to I'm forcing myself to be nice, and it doesn't come natural. Mm. So when I meet somebody very nice, that's very nice to me. <laughs> they make me feel good because yeah. I'm like. Okay, I can have this. Type I don't of have to force it so much in this situation. Right. Yeah, and that I feel like for men. Do you think for men especially, it's push down your feelings, and especially like if you're in the role of the soldier, like you have a job to do, you don't have time for like messing around with emotional things. Right. <laughs> do they I, leave that like a space for that there? Or I do it? think two things. One, men. Men don't have the, they don't have the uh, ability, some of us just don't know how important it is to really show your feelings because when you keep pushing things down, it's it's just going to explode and definitely the military. Is it a sign of weakness to show that emotion? And a lot of men, they feel, we feel, I feel it was a sign of weakness, but a lot of things just growing up, I never really heard about mental health. I never was taught to get therapy, so a lot of things you keep in not knowing that 
it's better to get it out. Right. Well, how else? Are, how are you going to know if somebody doesn't teach you? If somebody right. doesn't tell you these things? And so, if growing up, the people around you are doing those same things, keeping them inside, not sharing them, you're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. Right. This is what we learn. Right. And then, I, how was that reinforced in the military? Like, you know, they had you had people you can talk to in the military, but the whole essence of the military is strength. Yeah. It's constant strength. So even though there's people to talk to, you might have a sergeant that will say to you, yeah, you, you got to go sick all the day because we got soldiering to do. Mm -hmm. So the way they talk to you, it's always putting the soldier first and everything, including family, mm -hmm. secondary. Yeah. The last podcast when we had Bob on, he was talking about basic training and how it sort of breaks you down. It does. Like, and, and that was you know something that he had recognized. I think that there was somebody in his basic unit that uh, there that had committed suicide through that process and just felt like this tremendous sense of like despair and wasn't sharing that, like people didn't know that that was going on in, in basic training they they're trying to make you a soldier a lot of people everybody can't handle the the stress that comes with that moment yeah I, it was hard for me too how did you sign up what, I, what was I, that process like? um I, I went to culinary art school okay. i got my patriot arts degree and I wanted to go back to school. I signed up for school money. I only signed up for two years. Mm -hmm. And when 9-11 happened, I had two months left in the military. Oh. And they stopped lost me, which means they, they held my MOS. I was a 95 Bravo military police officer. Mm -hmm. They held me in. My Because they needed, they needed people. Right, so oh. they held me in. I had that moment snapped. I, I was going to say, what was that moment like for you and like the moments after that? Especially coming knowing to that you well, were I, put, so I, I got put in, I got put in a brig, jail, uh, because I snapped. Because I was like, I never heard of this. No one told me this. Uh. So I'm not staying in. And then like, you're under arrest. And then uh, the next day, my captain come talk to me, my sergeant. And he said, look, you got two options. It's either the anthrax shot, shot or they're going, you're going to be in jail. Which means you're either going to war. Are you going to jail? That was my options. Wow. Of course, I picked the shot. Six or seven series, I can't remember. And uh, I was in Turkey training in 30 days. Mm. So I, I did back-to-back -back tours, 10 days off, back-to-back -back tours. So how much more time then? You were all, two months out. Two months two out. Two months out from being done with your two years. With my two years. 9-11 happens. How much longer then are you in? Did almost five years. Oh, my gosh. Almost five. And so you put all those things in a pot, yeah. then I lost my grandma, which if I was at home, I would have been home. So that is what started all my anger issues. And, 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 uh, and, and, and what was crazy is that I recognized the good and bad that came from that moment, because a lot of things that came from that moment wasn't the military's fault. Mm -hmm. I just made that, I made it grow. I never we tried talk to work about on it. in uh, meditation and Buddhist studies that like it's this idea of the second arrow. Like you're walking through the woods, you get shot by this arrow, and you're like, oh my gosh! But then like the suffering we create from that, like, oh why me? It's always right. me. This is always happening. So right. our brain creates these narratives, and sometimes people are trapped in a prison, especially a prison of our mind, if right. you don't have the outlets to kind of express what's going on. And for how many people? that are seeking those benefits and get in once they're in to be like, oh wait, this is really what I signed up for? A lot of things, but it wasn't all the military's fault. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of good that came from there, from, from the military. Also, our brothers and sisters that passed away, yeah. you know, I have nothing to complain about. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Got, we got 
our brothers and sisters are in the grave. Yeah. So there's nothing to complain about. So right. there's a lot of good that comes from the military, but this is what happens when you don't know that you should work on certain. There's things I needed to right. get off my chest. And even though I went to a therapist through the military when I first got out, I, I was still emotional and I didn't even feel like talking. You know, I needed to do it years later. Well, and also like, you come right out of the military. I've worked with soldiers who are either still active or recently out. You're still in that mentality. Exactly. You're still in yeah. that mentality of, nope, push it down because that gets in the way of you protecting your people, protecting right. the soldiers, right. doing your job. Right. But it takes a t some time to get out of that mentality. It does. It does. And it's not good for your, your living as a civilian. You know, you want right. to be... Uh, you want to be kind. You want to be sweet. You want your kids to love you. I have three beautiful kids. Yeah. You want? Did they come after the military? They came. They came after the military. Okay. And you want all these things to. Mm -hmm. You want. You want to be normal. But a lot of that times, when you don't, when you haven't worked on your mm -hmm. anger issues and you haven't been able to talk to nobody, you can't be normal. A lot of people who don't go through that don't understand. Like a lot of times, I, I couldn't be comfortable with my own skin, and, and a lot of times I didn't even want to be alive. And a lot of a lot of soldiers have done yeah. dealt with this and kept it quiet because this is part of what we go through, you know. But uh, you know, were your behaviors in order to shut off these emotions more numbing things? Would you feel like it was depression or it was more like anger? And because we have this like hyper vigilance and this hypo vigilance. And it, it was. I think it was more depression. You know, I had lost some close friends over there. Yeah. Uh, very close friends. And uh, I just felt like I didn't deserve to be alive. And then yeah. when I came back here, you know, my family missed me, but I didn't miss my family. I missed my my buddies. Yeah. So I just had a hard time transitioning from the military. I, I did. And uh, were you able to stay in touch with some of the people who did I, 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 I am and have and continue to do. I have three Good. buddies right now. They've all retired mm -hmm. that I keep in touch with through email, Facebook. Yeah. You know, uh, I have. Um, I haven't been able to see anybody yet, but I've been in touch with them. Yes, yes. It's like a whole different culture. Well, and what I was thinking also previously about, like, culturally speaking, being here in America, we're just getting to the point of being able to express our feelings. And I call us the sandwich generation of like, let's teach our parents and our kids at the same time how to yes. deal with these yeah. things because yes. nobody teaches us how to manage our emotions and our partner. Like, how do you be in a relationship with somebody if you don't even know what's going on for yourself or how to express But something that? you just said is so key in about the parents and it's like, as I got older, now I realized the mistakes, there were mistakes made even the way I was taught growing Absolutely. up. And, and, and I, Which are not intentional. No, no right. They know. Right. They're, not doing, intentional. Right. They're doing the best that they can with right. what they were given. Right. right. But I was given a lot of, you know, we were given a lot of chastisement and discipline yes. and, and you needed more love. Maybe mm -hmm. if I had love as a younger lad, a younger guy, <laughs> yeah. I would be able to be able to to do what I do now, which is show a kinder, sweet side. Like one thing I do, I do the opposite of what I am. Uh, that, I, I, this is my own therapy. I yeah. say, you know what? Nah, I don't want to be mean, so I go be really nice, overly nice. Yeah. I don't. I'm kind of like really serious, so I don't go really corny and really <laughs> friendly and funny with my my kids. Yeah. Anything they want me to do, they want me to dress up. I do it. <laughs> I do the opposite of what I thought I was supposed to be. 
So, and it, and it helps because it's all about your family and kids. Well, that also probably helps you really get in touch with those parts of yourself exactly. that you maybe had to hide. Exactly. exactly. And that can be really healing too. For someone who I can relate to that as someone who also has children, who being able to relate to my children and give them what they ask of me right. has been extremely healing for me and yes. what I didn't get when I yes. was a little girl. Yes, yes. I learned a lot though, but... Uh, you know, it's nice that I did this because it's nice for me to talk to people. Yes. And this is actually helping me because I never get to do it. So <laughs> stuck with two therapists. You don't know what you signed yourself. You have no idea what you signed up for. You know, I, I, like I said, it, it's it's good to talk. You know, a lot of times when I first got out, I never had the opportunity. Right. And then when I did have the opportunity, I had gave up. I didn't even. Do you feel like? when you got out of the military, even maybe when you were in the military, that civilians, people who don't know that experience, didn't know how to talk to you? Or did, like, did you try? I don't know. My thought is, like, maybe I don't want to ask because I don't want to set you off. I don't want to push a button. But also, like, maybe I ask too much, and then I don't know what. I felt like more or less, like, civilians did, won't understand. Like, yeah. there's a lot of... Isolation? Uh, yes. And, and military... There was so much stress packed in everything that we did, and there's there's my there's my buddies, there's the right. things I went through personally. Right. I was married. My my for my wife, she left me in an email. Wow. I was divorced in an email on my AOK account. So I checked my account over there, and she told me she was in New York with someone else, and she was divorcing. So I went through a lot of traumatic events, and then layered they, upon layered each other. Like the only outlet I had was war. So if you are it became going, your coping mechanism. Exactly, but then that turned me into something that who I'm not. Ah, uh, yeah. And it turned me into a person that came back with no heart. I see it though. Now you still have a heart. Feeling kind of like numb from emotions and yeah, not knowing where where did it all go and like if you open that can of worms, like are you going to be able to manage all of that? It's a lot. Yeah, it, it was it was it was a lot. And I. I feel like it's probably going to continue to be a lot because it, it comes be. out in little pieces. But yeah, it's just it, it, it's just you know, growing up, I was such a sweet kid. Yeah. And uh, losing innocence, right? For sure, right? Do you see that in your kids? Yes. Do you try yes. to protect it for yes. them? But now I know my my faults and I know some of the mistakes, and I'm like, okay, this is where I went wrong with yeah. this, and I kind of check myself and and try to keep myself in order, but. You know, one thing I love is that I'm able to be friends with different types of people. It's mm. something that I love because I just want to be able to believe in myself that I can show everybody respect and I can, I can no matter who they are, I can show them respect and I can fit in. So it's, a, it's a, always a, being an ex-military, you're always, it seems like my whole life I'm going to be trying to fit in. Mm. And I would rather just fit in. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I deal with is I don't feel I fit in. But Preach. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel I fit in. Yeah. You know, so. I don't know. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone, whether they have been in the military or not, who has ever felt like they have fit in. I think they make like a human thing. Right? It is yeah. a human thing because we are conditioned, whether it is through our upbringing or through society or through the different experiences that we have, to be constantly told there's something wrong with you. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So it or these right. people are here, right. and you are outside right. here. They know right. what they're doing. You don't right. know what you're doing. Right. None of us know what we're doing. Right. 
<laughs> we don't. We don't. Well, and adding that layer on to of like, this is a decision I made, but I didn't make this choice. Oh. Like, I made the decision of going into the military, but my choice to go to war and to have all of this happen to right. me, like, that was put on me from right. what? And some people can be like, oh, well, I learned, like, I grew through that experience. But I think that there's always a piece of just trying to come to peace in terms with, like, what our life circumstances give us. Yeah. I tell my partner, I tell my family, I tell my friends all the time, outside of hoorah, Marines. Outside of Marines, most soldiers over there, when we were over there, when we first got there, we were crying. We were to ourselves, we were scared. Yeah. But a lot of times when you're, you're afraid, you become what you fear. Mm, that's a good point. So you're afraid, so to, to kill a monster, you gotta become a monster. So then that's good there though. That's good when you're- It works there. But it doesn't work when you leave. And that's what a lot of soldiers have a problem. They need help to let that go and to understand how to trans just, to just come back to reality, you know. I have a technical question. Yes ma'am. Do they keep you informed? So after 9-11 happened, like did you know like, from the top down, like what the plan was, or are you guys just you need to be ready right. for whatever? These are your is orders, and that's it. I was I was in bed watching TV. Mm -hmm. Breaking news came across the screen. Plane hit the building. When I put on that on, the second plane was hitting. Yeah. When that second plane hit, I got a phone call. Report to the barracks <gasps> ASAP. When I reported to the barracks, they told me. I found out 20 minutes after it happened. He warned me. He said, you might not be getting out the military. I said, what are you talking about? And then does about? everything just leave your body? Yes, I, I lost control. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I had two months left. I was already signed up back. I was already signed up to go to school in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. My transition papers, my out processing papers were already starting. So I snapped. Mm -hmm. I snapped. I, and, uh, and I got arrested. I, 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 couldn't I was going to say, what did that look like? Um, my captain told me. I wasn't getting out. I blinkety blink blink told him blink blink blink. Yep. <laughs> uh, left his office. I, he told me to stand still, stand at attention. I said, "You can. I'm not going. I'm leaving." Mm -hmm. And I left, and I got arrested. And uh, they threw me in jail. They let me. I was uncontrollable, mm -hmm. and he was putting me in jail to make me calm down. Yeah. And the next day, he there was no charges against me. Mm -hmm. he, he just came and talked to me. Like we understand. We understand. <laughs> what you're going through right now, but this is what it is. And that's how I found out about stop loss. The recruiter never told me, ever mentioned it. I've never heard about it. So my anger started right there. Right. Yeah. Well, again, like I signed up for this. I didn't right. agree to that. I signed up for school money that I've never used that I still have. Mm. So, really? Because I was going to ask yes, them, once you finished, once you did finish your tours and you were done, did you ever go back to culinary school? That's why I started, that's why the whole chef thing happened late in life because I was so depressed. I had so many problems yeah. with myself. I, I gave up on that. I said yeah. I lost my dream. I never, mm. I never went back to school. I never even tried. I, I had a, I went working at Parano's and a buddy of mine was like, man, you love cooking. I went over his house. And cook for him. I cook for him and his family. Like, man, you're pretty good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> man, he was like, he is you got good. some skills. Yeah, he like, you got some skills. And he's like, you ever thought about, you know, plan for a little not cook job or whatever? I was like, nah, I never. I said, I haven't worked in the field for so long. I never tried. He's like, well, I know somebody that will give you a chance, most likely. Let me call him. I'll, I'll get in touch with you. And he called this chef he knew, and he called him. 
the guy he brought me in for an interview was like you, he's like I see you don't have too much of a background I'm like I don't but if you put me in the kitchen tell me to do something I think you'll like it and yeah. that's what he did he put me in the kitchen told wow. me to make something made him something I can't remember what it was <laughs> he, he was eating it with his his boss and they hired me so that's how I got started. Did you channel your emotions through your creativity? And your I, 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 I tried. I tried. That was what I wanted to do. So that's what helped me be a little bit more happier. I'm sure to finally reconnect. Re with re that. Reconnect with yeah. it. But when you when you have anger issues, they just don't go away. No. And what you, does it look like when you're back? Like, what does your anger issues look like now? I feel I'm trained. Uh, all I did was shoot. I was an MP. All I did was train. I just don't back down. Mm -hmm. I have no back down in me. I don't call for help. I'm me. I'm my help. Mm -hmm. If I'm going through something, I'm back up. Mm -hmm. I just don't back down. I can't back down. My problem is not always being an aggressor. Some moments require finesse. Some moments require kindness. Sometimes we should just be the the sweet human being and say, you know what? I don't want a problem. Right. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. Because that's what being human is about. Caring right. about each other. But that's not what. Sometimes I do. Mm. I'm the if you I'm the aggressor. If you mess with me, I'm the aggressor. But it also goes a part of it is you know where I grew up at. I grew up in the inner city. I've been robbed at gunpoint. So a lot of things I've gone through define me. But I am against all that now. Yeah. I well, the thing about trauma and that most people don't know until they maybe enter a therapeutic relationship is that it's it stamps your brain, like it yes. changes you. Yes. And there's nothing that you can do to control that, but to learn, okay, when prefrontal cortex of my brain shuts down, I'm in fight, flight, freeze, and I'm just going back to like what I know to protect myself. It's not that I wanna be engaging yeah. in these behaviors, I'm protecting me. So it's almost like learning self-compassion, but again, whether you're in the military or not, this inner critic is like, right. well, and people that have a history of trauma, so like your experiences of growing up in inner city and the things that you experienced that shape your brain in that way and shape your, the way that you view life in that way, it draws a lot of people into the military. The majority of, not all, but the majority of people enter the military already having had a rough time, childhood experiences right. that are traumatic. And so then they're teaching you, push it down, and this is how you deal with it. And it works because that's what we learned anyway. Right. So is it fair to say like, when you enter, they wanna wipe out your previous experiences so that you can have this team mentality? Yes, yes. To they're they're trying to safe. make you to a, a soldier. <laughs> yeah. Me, I never became a soldier. I was. I'll be honest, I, I was told when I graduated, I was told, you're a piece of crap. Like, mm. you have never, you have never conformed. And I didn't. I was, I was a big mouth. Mm. You know, I was coming from the inner city. I was abused. My, my stepdad beat us. Mm. You know, I was little, big head, nerdy. I got picked on. So the whole reason why I even changed my name was because I wasn't proud of that guy. Mm. He was weak. He was, he was a weak kid. And as I got older, I, I wasn't want to be him, so I went by my middle name. Jay wasn't weak. Yeah. Jay doesn't take no crap. So I took that personality into the military. Then you add war and trauma. So mm -hmm. then what I was not trying to do was become a whole different person. And yeah. that's what I realized as I get older, that I took that sweet little innocent kid that needed help. 
and I turned him into somebody who actually was wrong too. Because I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, there's times where I've ruined relationships. I was just going to ask like how that shows up in relationships. Yeah, I've ruined, I've ruined relationships. Well, it's hard because if you taught yourself like I have to be tough, I have to be strong. Right. Forget everybody else. And then military reinforce that. Absolutely. Be tough, be strong, do what you need to do. It's hard to connect with people in, in, on an emotional level in relationships. Right. I have a good relationship with my baby mama, but she understands now because I'm actually real sweet now. But <laughs> she always says, oh, we'll get back together when we get older. I'm like, <laughs> You're I'm like, no, 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 no. But, but you know, I've what never happened, worked with um, You were saying that, like, you notice in relationships. So when it comes to our attachments, we need healthy, secure attachments to be in a healthy relationship. Right. Most people going out there, like as a couples therapist, it's like, right. oh. We do not have healthy, secure <laughs> you're attachments. You're super avoidant, <laughs> yeah. and you're super anxious. <laughs> and as you chase this when this person runs away, so I'm just always curious about like how that shows up. Like, was there a part of you that was maybe afraid to be connected to somebody in that yeah, way? Yeah, I was more. Or that you didn't know. No, I, I knew, but I, I was more, more or less I wasn't, I just, I just couldn't connect. It felt like I couldn't connect. Yeah. And times where I would, I would just flip a switch, you know, that would scare people. Mm-hmm. And even though I, I wasn't going to, I, I knew I wasn't a physical or nothing. I never hit nobody, but just to act that way, that's not good. Somebody mm-hmm. thinks you care about them and you love them and you act like that consistently. It's like, this guy's not good for me. I need right. to mm-hmm. go with somebody else. So I definitely affected two of my relationships. And I'm, I'm admitting it did. I know what it, it was. It was me, and one, it was all me, because I had just got out, and I was just not kind. I wasn't, I wasn't caring, and that pushed. Did you me. enter that relationship to like because that was what happens next, or kind of to distract yeah, yourself? Yeah, I, I had. You know, I got divorced. She divorced me, and then I was lonely, and it was just like the first, like the first couple people that talked to me when I got back here. And I probably got in the relationship too quick mm-hmm. with no help, and I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. It got too serious, and then when it got serious, I just wasn't. And it got serious on her end, and I was just like, I'm not ready for this. So then I was cruel, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I understand. That. Well, yeah, because if we don't learn then how to communicate what we're feeling, what we need, what we're thinking, that's exactly what we do: is we get mean or we push away. We, right. you know what I mean? Like we say the things that we need to say in order to protect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. It's just nice talking. You know, I they tried to get me to talk when I first got out, but I just wasn't ready. I mean, like and then you, you said, have this blonde therapist I, show up. Like, yes. She won't <laughs> let me not talk. Well, it's <laughs> like curiosity. It's like you said, like just getting out. Like you weren't ready to talk. You also weren't ready to be in a relationship, but you needed something. You yeah. knew you needed something. Right. And like trying to get that need met while still in the mentality of soldier, right. so fresh out of war, right. it's 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 a mind fuck. Yes, <laughs> my, my, my kids have taught me a lesson too. My daughter's thirteen, uh, okay, thirteen mm-hmm. years old. Now she, I adopted her. I gave her my last name. Fully adopted her. Mm-hmm. And she says to me, she says to me, she says, "I want to cut my hair." And I was like, "She has beautiful long hair." I was like. But then, I, but then I listened to her. She's like, I'm tired. I want to focus on school. She's a straight A student. Yeah. She's very smart. She's like, I want to focus on school. I'm tired of getting up early and doing my hair. Mm. And I said, you know what? Straight A student. I'm a supporter because I wasn't raised like that. I was raised. The parent says something. That's you're right. gonna do it. But I said, hold up. 
I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna. That's what I did. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do the opposite. I supported her. Mm-hmm. Took her to get her hair cut. She cut it all down. All. <laughs> she's happy. And if she's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. So it was a lesson. I just learned this. It was three weeks ago. It was a lesson that this is who you are, man. Listen to your kid. Yeah. Learn. You can learn from children. Because a lot of the way I was raised, mama said. That's right. They didn't want to hear what you had to say. Exactly. But we have to listen now. We do. It's a huge shift that has happened from our parents' generations yes. and our grandparents' generation to now. Because I was raised the same way. You're going to do what I tell you to because I said so. Why? Because I said so. Right. Don't ask. Right. You know, and this point of like, so what I say, what I want, what I feel matters not to you. Right. It is more important that you get your way than I am heard or that my feelings are validated. Our children can teach us <laughs> such like, amazing and things. And then it's like the world becomes about everybody else and not meeting your own needs and She's scrambling around. She's 100% right. Yep. I can yep. directly what she just said. Yep. I can take what you said and put it in my life with my mother. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I mean, it's, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Well, and it's all, it shows up in romantic relationships, yep. relationships yes. with friendships, kids, yes. friendships. When I put work my, relationships, right? yes. when I put my version of you on you, I don't give you a chance to be yourself. Yep. And like that is like a mind like, wow, you deserve to be who you want, not my version of you. And I've said before, like even if my version is better, <laughs> but that's what our parents think. Like we know best. Like don't ask questions. And I remember, like the the sitcoms, like whatever the TV shows were on, like Full House. Right, right, right. One of those. That there was always a problem, and that everybody solved the problem, and at the end of the half an hour, all was good. Yeah, but the right. solution always came from the parents. Right. Correct. <laughs> they but did. some people, right. like, and people that I work with that have had, you know, traumatic childhoods growing up, they didn't even get the conversation. That's like, true. Like, that your feelings matter, I want to hear what you're saying, but I, as the parent, am still going to tell you what to do, but, like, to have that, like, abandonment, also, like, it... People lose a sense of, or they don't lose a sense. They don't know who they are. They don't ever develop right. a sense of self. My mom did her best. Of course. But, you know, just to we'll point back what you were saying about listening. Like, I used to tell my mom. She's like, you're, skip, you're skipping school. You're, why are you, you're, you're hanging out with the thug? No, mom. I'm getting beat up and I'm scared. Mom. And when you would try to tell her that, she wouldn't listen. Mm-hmm. So it was a matter of me skipping school because I, I was afraid. What's your behavior, not the reason why you're behaving <laughs> exactly. that way. Exactly. So yeah. I would try to tell my mom. It highlights never... it highlights our parents' limitations. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was probably too painful for her to hear what yes. was happening to you right. because she didn't know how to deal with it. She didn't know how to deal with it. And it was just easier for her to say, no, 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 you're being a bad kid, and I just have to deal with you. I don't have to deal with the other people that are hurting you. I don't have to deal with how I feel about that. I just have to be like, you need to stop skipping school. That's why I listen. That's I right. listen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to my kids. It's I the am. most important thing that you can do. I agree. I agree. And I taught myself that just through well, everything I've been through. It's like there's no way, but like that you can have kids and just want to show them a hard, tough, sad. I feel like mm-hmm. you gotta show love. Yes. And you gotta you can chastise them, but you gotta show love. Some it's discipline. it's but so the, important. But the to discipline show love. comes from love, right? I was talking with someone recently about why why do we always want to grow up so much? Like when we're little, why are we always in such a hurry to grow up? And this idea from my own experience of, you know, when I wanted to understand, I want to do this. My parents said, no, you can't do this. 
And I, well, why not? Because I said so. Nothing made me want to grow up more Didn't than me. that phrase, mm -hmm. because I said so. I heard it in my house too. Yeah. Same, right? Yeah. But the difference is what I do with my kids now, because there are times when we can't do that. So my, one of my sons says, I want to do this. We can't do that. No. Why not? This is why. This is my reasoning. This is how I feel about it. This is why it can't happen. This is why maybe it needs to happen later. This is why it's not, why I believe it's not a good idea. Right. But it's also an opportunity for conversation. There have been times where my kids have been like, okay, they understand it. There's also been times where my kids have been like, but hold on a second, what about this perspective? What about this? What about this? What about this? And I've listened right. and said, you're right, I changed my mind. You can do it. Because I didn't think about that. Or the flip side of, you're disappointed, this is how you deal with, like, yes. life, you're not always going to get your way. So that's, I think, what people fear. Like, if I don't teach my kids, like, you don't always get your way, they're going to grow up. That's not the... That's not... That's not the well, and the truth is, is, like, they're going to learn that just by living. We don't have to force that, mm -hmm. uh, that education or that lesson on them. Yeah. over and over and over get get used to disappointment like disappointment <laughs> is just a part of life just by living my life i'm naturally going to be disappointed right but when i am disappointed what i need is understanding yes. compassion people to yes. listen to me an opportunity to express my emotion in a yes. safe place right. and with a safe person right. well and the education about reaching out like you said reaching out is a hard thing to do especially yes. if you're like i got this and i don't want to share it yeah so i agree uh, Do guys talk about their feelings these days? <laughs> In your experience? Let me talk about men Lately, for a minute. <laughs> yes. Lately, yes, because I'm I'm the type I'll force it on my friends. If you're my friend, you got to be my real friend. Because now you know. You right. know now. You have to be my real friend. Yeah. You have to be able to allow me to be myself. And I, I'm That's beautiful. And, and I'm a kind person and mm -hmm. I'm I'm the type of, I I like to tell my mistakes to other people to let them know I'm forthright. He knows every my partner knows Everything I've done, yeah. Because Chef Kevin, Chef Kevin, Chef Table, Chef Table, <laughs> uh, because he because I'm forthright. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> Babcock, Babcock Boulevard. <laughs> but uh, you know, but I, I'm I'm the type of person I'm like that to to be forthright and honest. Mm -hmm. We're human. We all well make because mistakes. I'm sure because you've experienced the other side of that yes. of not having that connection of not having yes. someone be able to hear you and be your yes. authentic self. Men. Are definitely messed up. Though. They are. Yes. Tell me more about that. Yes. Will, they, keep, we, keep coming. We will not show our feelings and, and, and admit our feelings to each other. We mm -hmm. can't even have real conversations with each other without getting attitude. We, we get into men get into the fights over the most stupidest things because everybody's afraid to just be real and be open mm -hmm. and, and, and be, right, be vulnerable. Right. I have this shield. Right, it's like, I gotta be the toughest guy in the room. Right. Too many tough guys in a room make a bad room. <laughs> I agree. It certainly does. It does. I'm too old for all that. Mm -hmm. I like to be sweet and kind and well, submissive and just, just right. kind. Of. Like that, going back to the cultural standpoint too and growing up in the inner city, I know we have a friend, a therapist friend, Jessica, who works in the black community and she says, I've heard like three times this week, I'm a sensitive thug. I was like, okay. Look at his face. She's like, I'm here for the sensitive thug. Yeah, I mean, I understand, but I don't understand. I, I think it's people who are trying to uh, deal with the duality of themselves. Right. The right? duality is tough. Especially right. if I'm still living in the inner city. I'm st So there's a part of me that I can't give up 
that side of me that right. is tough, that needs to be this way. Right. But I also need to balance that out with getting in touch with myself and having people in my life that I can connect with, like you right. said, on that vulnerable, right. real level. Me, I had to get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just too, I'm too military, I'm, yeah. I'm too about security and watching my back. And uh-huh. it, it becomes so, it takes over. It my does. family years ago would tell me, my brother would see me walk, he's like, man, you walk like, you don't even want to be alive. You don't watch your back. You don't look at the cars coming. And I would, and I, I would never think about it. He's like, every time I see you, why do you look sad? I was like, I'll be quiet. Then my mom said the same thing. Then my sister saw me. Then I had different people tell me. Then I had to, you know, like, what am I? Am I unhappy? And why? And I, and I, and what I realized is maybe I want to get out of this environment and be around. A new environment. I grew up in inner city. I want to be around an area where I can leave my door open. Or the only problem I have is the neighbor's cat coming over. (laughs) And that, and I realized that that I was like, oh man, I I love living like I live in Brooklyn. I'm like, oh, I love living here, and I love it that my neighbor cuts my my grass for me sometimes, and I cut his grass. And and they get to say, oh hi, Jim, and then (laughs) he shovels my sidewalk, and I shovel his. I'm like, oh, this is. There's a different life out right. here. This than, is so nice. Right, right. Than just living in a tough survival. inner city. It's right, constant survival. survival. I mean, it is. It's like I went from one war zone to another. Right. To another. So I had to yeah. get out of the environment. You know, in learning about trauma and PTSD and trainings and things like that, that was one thing, which is why I loved like incorporating yoga, meditation, and mindfulness in it because... Everybody, of course, military soldiers, like that, it, people can get that PTSD, but right. like the PTSD from living in an abusive household or in a neighborhood that is unsafe, right. yeah. it's chronic, it's every day, it never goes away, and that shapes who people are. And like, I feel like that that's not something that people are readily knowledgeable, knowledgeable about. about. Yeah. Well, and then also, what are the dynamics like are there resources in the community are neighbors looking out for each other or are parents stuck working and the kids are raising the kids like so many people that i've worked with like inner city and not inner city were forced to take on a parental role at a very young age when you know they should have still been a kid they shouldn't be worried about like are these bills getting paid and and in fact just yesterday i had a session with an eight-year-old who was like just doesn't want to go and spend money because she's afraid like her parents aren't going to have enough. And I'm like, at eight years old, right? This like, should not be a worry that's on old. your shoulders. And her mom is like, I'm fine. <laughs> she's like, I don't overspend. I don't talk about money problems. Like, but it's just like her. And I feel like kids these days, like they have so much access to information right. that we don't know. So unless you're talking to them, you don't know what messages they're getting and you where they're getting no them idea. from. Right. Kids are so perceptive. They're so perceptive. So whether you're telling them directly, and that's the thing, like, because there's been times where my kids have reflected back to me concerns. Mm. I remember there was this one time my oldest son was not feeling well. We had to go to school. I'm getting ready to leave. And I was like, are you okay? And he's like, I just don't feel well. And I'm like, do you need to stay home? And he's like, no, 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 I'm okay. And I'm like, okay. So like, we're getting closer to the car and he looks, he's like gonna hurl everywhere. And I was like, are you sure you're okay? And he looked at me and he was like, I just know that if I have to stay home, then you can't go to work. And that means that you're not making money and there's people that don't get to see you. And, and I was like, no, 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 no. You are sick. You are staying home. I am taking care of you. 
you do not have to worry about is mommy okay right. is mommy making money right. is that is not on you right. i never said that to him but he hears he knows because mm -hmm. i talk about the work that i do right. and the people that come and see me and how right. much mommy helps them right. and that when i go to work i make money like right. they're like right. all, all of these pieces coming together so whether or not you're saying something you know, if you stay home, I can't go to work, and then that means we don't have money. Some families, people say that. Mm -hmm. I never said that in my family, but my son picked up on it anyway. Mm -hmm. What are your other kids like? You have a 13-year-old? 13-year-old, then I have a 10-year-old daughter who's the, <laughs> the your craziest face right out now. of three of them. My 8-year-old son, he just asked me to cash app him. So, <laughs> like, so I'm like... I'm like, okay, we in a, it's 2021. Oh my God, I'm he's like, like, hey pops. Yeah, like, can you cash out me some money? I'm like, what do you need? He's like, well, I just wanna buy a video game. I'm like, well, why can't I give it to you tomorrow when I see you? He's like, well, you're, you're at work today, dad, and we can, you can cash out me. I'm like, oh. You can cash out me getting, some money? I'm getting old, I said, I'm getting old. And I did too, I did, I did, I did, but. Um, I mean, it's convenient. My, my 10 year old is, uh, I don't know. She's like a woman. I tend. Uh, she has. She. She. I don't know. I can't. Ex I'm. I'm. I'm lost with my ten year old. My ten year old does her nails. Does her toes. Does her own hair. I tend. Does her schoolwork, but cares more about her if her socks match her dress than her books. Yeah. At ten, she was like that with seven. So I don't mm. know. And her mom is in pajamas <laughs> yeah. all day. She didn't get it. So my ten year old is different. Very vibrant, very opinionated, yeah. very uh, outspoken, and she's a lot to handle. Yeah. She's a lot to handle. She's a lot to handle. Thank you so much for coming. No, I think we're good. We've been chatting for a while. I really appreciate your willingness to come on and to share. You have some wonderful perspectives. I, this is my first time meeting you, that's, that's but cool. like, I read energy really well, that's and you are an amazing soul. Thank and you. so thank you so much for coming thank on and you. sharing with us. And I feel like we'll have more conversations to thank come. And I would so love. And like, will you cook food for me? Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, um, you don't understand the level of, of Gretchen's appreciation for food. Food is a love it. language for me. So <laughs> I agree. if this I is agree. the love language that you speak, yes, I need to feel some of your love. Yes, ma'am. I, I, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. It's important for everybody to know, too, because we still are living a pandemic. Yes. Like, not a lot of people are in the restaurants like that much, but Chef's Table on Babcock. In Pittsburgh, have, if you're local. They have a lot of um, to-go items, and they can do catering. So always, like, give a call. Support your support local businesses. Support local businesses. Yes, please Chef do. Jay. Thank yes, you very thank much. You so thank you so much. Thank you and for thank having you me. thank you so much for your friendship. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, too. I really do. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen and Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.